doesn't and really running, matter. And running back undersized is not a knock, right? If you've yeah. got the size, if you've got the speed, and you've got the weight to compensate, being undersized is sometimes a positive. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Thursday, April the 20th. I'm your host, Easton Fries, Director of Published Content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and I'm joined, as always, by producer JT. JT, happy 420, my man. Happy 420 to all of you who celebrate out there. Those who celebrate. How, and those who probably... a very chill and mellow day. Yeah, right? And yeah. the people who probably don't even know what's going on or what we're talking about. If you but, don't you know, know what's going on... Um, this is not the place. I'm like, should we? No, this is not. <laughs> this is not the place. Uh, if you don't know what's going on, you have to be like 70 years old. And I don't think we have any 70 year olds that listen to this show. Although, according to our Spotify metrics, we do have one um, non-gender conforming person in the age range of 85 to 160. The regular oh, wow. listens to our show. Nice. I'm sure that's a. I'm sure that's a real person and not some. 16 year old kid who thought it'd be very funny to change his identity <laughs> to a 140 year old non-gender conforming person um, yeah but i mean if that person does exist and you don't know what's going on uh you know you're too old for this anyways so uh today <laughs> <laughs> what a weird start to a show today we're talking about running backs which i guess it's kind of fitting that's a weird start to this show because this is the position group in this draft that's kind of the weird middleman and maybe that's the case with every draft because of the positional value of running backs right we we know that running back contracts beyond their rookie contract are oftentimes not the best value. Uh, Titans fans know that they kind of lucked out with Derrick Henry. One could argue that Derrick Henry hasn't been worth the amount of money that he's been paid on his second contract. And yet of all of the second contracts that have been handed out to the Dalvin cooks and the Alvin Kamara's and the, who else has gotten a major bag um, Christian McCaffrey, all these guys like Derrick Henry's contract is probably the most those all of those guys came into the league, you know, tw was it 2016, 17, 18, right in there. There was that one draft class where it was just a monster running back draft class. Um, but he's kind of been the one guy who's somewhat lived up to his billing in terms of the money. And part of that is because he's, you know, a generational talent, potential future Hall of Famer. And then part of that is because he plays with the Titans, right? And and they've been the rare team in the NFL, maybe the only team in the NFL that would have and did utilize him in the way that they did. Um, you know, how many teams are going to give Derrick Henry, even with what he's capable of, 30 touches a game for multiple seasons in a row and get that use out of him. So we're talking about the running backs and there are a lot of really good ones in this draft. So that's like, it's kind of prefacing it that way. Like this could be another draft like that, JT. And in my opinion, there's a ton of really good backs. It's just as we get further and further into this modern NFL passing game air raid construct where running back is continually devalued and other positions continue to go up in value. We see the ground game becoming more and more irrelevant. There are teams like Kansas city who bold faced do not care at all. I saw the other day that they're moving their wide receiver coach to their running back co coach. And it's like, they, they just don't care about developing the run or establishing the run at all. There are certain teams that are that way. As long as Mike Vrabel is still the coach of the Tennessee Titans, they are going to be establishing the run. They're going to run the damn ball. And uh, th that is something that is worth looking at in any draft, I think, as even with Derrick Henry on the roster and, and maybe even at this point at his age, it, it's only a matter of time before he's going to need an heir apparent to take over for him. And maybe that turns into a running back by committee situation that we saw when he was injured. 
in the past. Maybe that turns into a stud running back who the Titans draft or acquire via trade or free agency who um, is, is that new guy. But whoever that may be, I would not rule out this year by any means. I know they only have six picks right now, but they could change that through trades. A lot can happen. They could decide that running back is a position valuable enough to this team that, you know, Rand Carthen not trying to play warrior warrior uh, Golden State style basketball in in the winter like he wants to establish the run he said on the record in his first press conference to my face I think you can you can win with a running back carrying your team which whether he believes that or not he, he certainly is buying into the collaborative efforts with the Titans a an old school ground and pound team and even though they're they're kind of stepping into the modern NFL a little bit this year at least the way they're talking we'll see if they if their uh, actions match their words all of that is to say, I do think that a running back could be on the table for this team, probably towards the back end of the draft, but there's some really high-end talent that you never know. It could tempt them in that way. Yeah, I think definitely it's really funny because, like you said, it's such an interesting group of guys positionally-wise. Like I could see like some of these guys in our top 10 who we might say like we give them like we'd take them in the late fourth early fifth but right. some of these teams in the draft like it's 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 the it's the age old late first early second round that's when right. they feel like they're allowed to take running backs and we see a bunch of these guys just skyrocket in less than eight days so well and there's no position that is is more out of tune with overall big boards right like if you look at big boards that are just ranking talent of football players how good are these players there are like four or five of these backs in the top 100 consensus and yet you won't have four or five of them go in the top 100 of the draft because of that positional value proposition and and so it, it is an interesting one but i could totally see jt four or five years from now we're talking about this draft class like we talk about that um that alvin kamara christian mccaffrey draft class where it's like there are four or five bell cow backs from this group that are like fantasy studs, their household names. And yet they all went in the second, third, fourth, mostly fifth and sixth round because of that positional value. Um, with all of that being said, we think it's a good class. I think I, I've peaked at your big board. You've, you've looked at mine. It seems like we kind of concur that there is a lot like the tight ends, a clear cut top five of this class. Um, so we'll go through the guys that are outside of that top five and maybe the guys more likely, frankly, for the Titans to be targeting because of where they'd be most likely to look at a running back. Um, and I've got a number of honorable mentions here. JT, do you have any that you left out of your top 10 that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I have one because I was wrestling with actually putting him on the top 10, but okay. just like I put, didn't put him on the top 10 specifically. I just can't get past his size, like his size. And I guess, I, yeah, it's, it's got to be Deuce Vaughn, right? Oh, it, it has to be our okay. short king of all short kings. Short king Deuce. spring for Deuce Vaughn. And like when we say that, I know we we're in the wide receiver episode. We were talking about like short kings when they were like 5'10", 5'11". New brand this, of short this, king. This dude is literally a short king. He comes He's the in, sh shortest guy in the history of the combine. He he comes in at five five and a quarter, one hundred and seventy nine pounds, which is and a quarter, and which is zero percentile height and one percentile weight. His arm length at twenty seven and three quarters is also zero percentile. But that's not like like we we watched him at the combine like he is definitely a guy who's going to beat you with your speed but like 
when he went over to do the to do the broad jump and and the vertical jump like funny objectively it, funny <laughs> he, he couldn't even he couldn't even reach the vert jump which is like yeah. really funny so like he looked like us he looked like us trying to he do really he, he was the common man out there he was taking one for the team but there, um, yeah common five, man five but there's is, is nothing like, uh common about him in his run game at least no five five is tough and i mean like i'm i've always been the short guy and i'm five eight like five three inches shorter than me just blows my mind to think about when you watch on tape that that's the reason why he was one of my four honorable mentions that i wanted to bring up today because w- when you look on tape the size only helps him in the sense that he's almost always the winner when it comes to leverage. And that was the way I I relate to this guy a lot because that was the way that I was in football. I was never even remotely the fastest kid, but I was the bruiser in in elementary school and middle school football because I was just shorter than everybody and I would always out leverage kids. And so the relative strength was really high. That's the case with Deuce Vaughn when he's one-on-one. But beyond that, his play strength, running, receiving, blocking, like the size limitations show up in all of the elements of the game for him. And you, you can't get any taller. His weight, I mean, he's a stocky guy, right? What's his weight at? Do you have that pulled up? Yeah, 179. Yeah, so like 180 on a 5'5 five, five frame. He's he's beefed up, right? He's and he's, and he's got muscle on him, but you can only do so much with that size limitation. So that's why we have him off of our list. A couple other guys that I mentioned, JT. Um, one was Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina, uh, the alma mater of a former very famous Titans running back, Chris Johnson. They see East Carolina always seems to put out these, these guys that can run the ball really well. It's kind of funny that they are of, of all the tiny little schools, a running back Haven. The reason why I didn't leave him off is just because he he's not built to run between the tackles at all. Um, at five, seven and seven eighths, uh, 180 ish pounds. He he's more prototypical when it comes to running backs, a little bit smaller his speed is is quite nice. I mean, four three seven with a one five zero flat ten yard split. Those are both really really good numbers. So he's a burner for sure. Um, and he's got the natural running ability to run on the outside to be shifty and and nifty with his footwork and all of that. But he just is going to be a real one trick pony in that way. And and so that's why I left him off my list. Another guy that I had on there that I wanted to mention. So Tucker is a guy that we don't have a ton of information on um, because he he doesn't he hasn't worked out much. He only did measurements at the combine, didn't do any of the the testing or the drills. Um, and then his pro day, he did no workout, just medicals as well. Um, but we know he's 5'9", 207, certainly a bigger back, right? He could be a guy that you use inside and out, but he's not super creative on tape. Like he's not the most elusive guy in the world. It's just a very vanilla back. And so that's why I think he'll be fine in the NFL. You could use him as a, a backup, um, kind of, kind of like, um, well, no, never mind. That's a bad comp. So I'm not even going to mention it. But he, he's he's a guy that you would want at the very best, I think, in a running back by committee situation. The last guy is uh, Chase Brown out of Illinois. So Brown is a bigger fellow as well, five nine and and a half, two hundred and nine pounds. Uh, ran a four four three, so he's got running back speed for sure. He, he's not got the best play strength on tape. Pretty mediocre in that way. Um, so he's not necessarily a guy you're going to want to bring in as a blocker. Um, his footwork is going to translate well. I think he's got nice, he's got shifty footwork. Um, but, but the, the play strength and the, again, kind of one 
trick pony situation with the fact that you're not going to want him in there as a three down back limits his draft stock as well. So those are our honorable mentions. Got those out of the way. Um, let's talk about our let's do our bottom five since we agree on the top five in a, a different order. Um, JT, so I'll start. My 10th running back is Israel Abanaconda out of or Abanaconda. I'm not sure. I think it's Kanda actually out of Pittsburgh. My running back nine is Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Running back eight is Kendra Miller out of TCU. My running back seven is Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. And my running back six is Roshan Johnson out of Texas. JT, who are your running backs 10 through six? Yeah, moving on to mine, I have Keaton Mitchell, as you mentioned. I have him at my number 10 spot. Dwayne McBride also at my nine spot. Kendra Miller also at my eight spot. But then we kind of uh, get away a little bit at seven. I have Zach Evans from Ole Miss and mm -hmm. then Tank Bigsby as my number six. Okay, do you want to start with Zach Evans? Just so we can, is he the only guy that we that you have on the board that I do not? Yeah, so let me just do. I'll do last thing I want to say on Keaton Mitchell is like when oh, I was yeah, watching. Oh yeah, sure. I him, forgot. I forgot you have him um, on. My bad. Go ahead. When I go through this, like I always just have something that I value a lot more, and plays a little bit into that, like the receiving portion of like running backs, I think is becoming more and more a little bit more important than if for you sure. can just bull rush straight through. So I was looking for, for guys who are going to be those dual threats and have versatility. Um, now Keaton Mitchell's probably the worst of the versatile, versatile guys I have on my list. Right. Um, but like, if I had to give him like a comp, I would say like Tariq Cohen, like, like if you're, if you're looking for a guy who's not going to be your, your main running back, but can be a complimentary piece like Tariq Cohen was, um, he's your guy to look at in like the fifth or sixth round. Um, Zach Evans, I put him up here because I think, I like the potential. I know he kind of has like a tumultuous like college career. Of course, he came out as a five star. Mm -hmm. um, went out to of Ole Miss, by the way, Zach Evans. Yes, he he went to TCU first and then transferred to Ole Miss. Um, and in both spots, he wasn't like the the five star that everyone thought he was going to be. Um, now, not to say that he wasn't like he, he wasn't bad. It's just like the the traits are there for what he can do he just never kind of was able to get there he had a uh, he's never locked down the starting job really he never exactly. became the cow right um but i still want to i'm still going to bet on those traits and what um he gave me and that's why i put him as high as he as i did at number 7 yeah he's the consensus running back 7 and um if you want to pull up some of his measurables real quick that we can mention after I give my reasoning as to why I left him off my board entirely, I didn't even mention him as a, as a, um, an honorable mention. I watched a good bit of his tape, um, because he's an SEC guy. There's plenty available. Right. And it just struck me as a guy that was going to be a college flame out, uh, or a, a, an NFL flame out after college. I don't, I don't, I'm usually an optimist when it comes to these things, but I could not escape the fact that, you know, he averaged 6.9 yards per carry for his career, which is fine. It bothers me that he didn't really have that dog in him, doesn't have that that winner, that winner ability in, in the sense that he never locked down the starting job, was kind of bouncing around through college. And then the tape is just so normal. So there's no there's just no juice there to me. I didn't see anything that really flashed. He's just fine all the way around. Um I, I just didn't see him and I didn't see him as a guy that had any NFL upside. And so that's why I didn't end up putting him on my board. A guy that I did put on my board 
Oh, by the way, the, the the numbers. Did you have those pulled up on him? Yeah, so he comes in at 5'10 and three quarters and 202 pounds, which is the 48th percentile and 20 percentile, respectively. So he's, he's not going to win on any of those size um, there. However, right. from my tape, I like you said, he, he has like the tools. He just wasn't able to put it all together. And I'm going to take the optimistic side of that. He If he goes to the right system, he's going to be able to put it together. Oh, the one guy that I have, is this the only guy? I think this is the only guy I have on my list that you don't. That's Israel mm-hmm. Abanaconda out of, or Kanda out of Pitt. If you're already on Mock Draftable, if you wouldn't mind pulling up his numbers for me in a second. But the things that I loved about Israel Abanaconda were on tape, first of all, the dude does flash. Okay. I really do like what he's capable of doing based on what we saw in college. Um, I'm trying to pull up my notes on him really quick. Yeah, here we go. So he had an 88.5 overall grade in 2022. I've mentioned this on every show we've done of these top 10. Like he's a guy that has gotten better each and every year. The past three seasons, his PFF grade has skyrocketed every single season. 66 in 2020 to an 80.2 in 21 and then an 88.5. You can take that for what for what uh, it is. I didn't have him any higher than 10 simply because his yards after contact is really poor, 2.67. So he's not going to run through guys. Um, you don't really uh, expect that with the way that he plays because he wins with his speed. He's 5'11", 216. JT, what was that 40 number? Do you have that pulled up? Um, I don't have the 40 here. Give me a sec here. But I say, I'm not, yeah. I can't find it because I'm not sure that he ran one. I don't think he did. Okay, okay. Well, then we'll just keep going because I, I couldn't find one uh, right off the top of my search here. But on tape, the speed is there, right? Like I, I'm not sure the reasoning exactly as to why he didn't run. That's kind of suspicious to me. But um, he, he was outrunning guys constantly, took took great angles on tape. Uh, he gets into space, and he's a, a really smooth strider. That's the way that he he wins, kind of almost sneaks up on defenders with just how fast he's going and forces guys to take poor angles. He's a project for sure, and he's going to be a speed back. So he's a limited prospect. Um, and his running style could use some improvement. That's the the prospect area. Like he, he's not the crispest. His decision making is kind of suspect. Um, but I, I think at the NFL level, with the right development, this guy could turn into a really nice element of a, a stable of backs that you have. If you're if you're running by committee, I don't ever see him being really a bell cow guy. Um, I'm not sure where he is on the consensus board. Let's see. He is the consensus. Um, consensus ninth overall back. So kind of in the same territory that I've got him. Uh, but it, it's probably a sixth round guy for me. He's somebody that if the Titans were to, to target somebody and, and want, you know, maybe a nice compliment to Derrick Henry's bruising ability, somebody with a little bit of speed, a Banaconda wouldn't be the worst pick in the world in my eyes. The other guy that you have on your list here that I do not at all, and is this there is going to be an interesting oh, one, is yes, Roshan yes, Johnson yes. from Texas, the other Texas running back. Right. I think you're crazy for this. Do you want me to defend him first, or do you want to tell me why you, you aren't a huge fan? Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. So, Roshan Johnson, he has played second fiddle to Bijan Robinson his entire career in college. So, it's understandable that folks see him as as a guy that is kind of an afterthought. But I really don't think once they get to the NFL and are no longer paired by their burnt orange jerseys, I don't think they're going to be um, – I think the people are going to see Roshan Johnson as this as this backup that, that he was at Texas. I think that he's a really capable back. We, we haven't seen a ton of him, right? He only had 500 
yards, 550-ish yards each of the last two seasons. Had 5.8 yards per attempt. Um, got about, uh, just under 100 attempts each season. So he's, he's seen plenty of action. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. That's one of the reasons why I think he's a valuable asset because he did sit behind Bijan for a lot of his college career. He's got a lot of um, tread left on his tires. You'd imagine he just does not have the mileage that a lot of these guys have because he's never had to be that bell cow. He was a receiving guy quite a bit. I think that's the upside that people are seeing uh, are missing a little bit rather. 14 receptions for 128 yards and five touchdowns. I, I think this guy can be used as a dual threat in the NFL. His rushing get grade and zone grade are both very, very good, consistent game to game. 4.28 yards after contact. So he's able to, to, uh, to, to win in that way. He's a power back. Like that's his role. And that was kind of the lightning to the thunder of Bijan Robinson, who's a do it all back, obviously. There's questions as to what he can do um, in terms of being a, a bell cow because we just have not seen him do that. And he's not got a ton of receiving ability, although, like I said, he's shown flashes. But the hard-nosed running style, I liked a lot. I think if he can improve his hands and prove himself as a guy that can be a dual threat receiving back as well and maybe be a true three-down back if his, if his blocking develops at an NFL level, I think a, a third, fourth round grade on this guy is, is where I would absolutely take him. And he here's the stat that I, I liked the most when I looked at I'm looking at his PFF right here. He broke 46 tackles on 94 carries last year. So this guy is a big fella. He's going to run through you, and I think he's going to be a winner for some team. Yeah, for me, it, it, it <laughs> now tear all that apart. It, it really is just I I did not see the same flashes that you did in the receiving game. I thought it was very ho hum. In what he did at, at Texas um, in, in his film. Also, I just don't think his speed is that great. He ran a 4.5840, which is 40th percentile for him. And a guy that is around the same uh, size as a lot of these other guys, six foot and a quarter, 219. So he's a little bit on the bigger side, but I just wanted to see a little bit more speed in a, in a class that just has some guys who with elite speed and still able to make break those tackles. I'm going to choose the guys who are more versatile over the guy who isn't the best catcher, cannot really get to those those top speeds that some of these other guys can. And he, I mean, he's a really good at breaking off the tackles, but that only gets you so far in the NFL. So let's talk about a guy we do agree on, and that's Dwayne McBride out of UAB. He is both of our running back nine. Uh, on the consensus board, he comes in at running back. Ooh, he's, he's significantly down this board. He comes in at running back 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 on the consensus board. Number one twenty nine overall. Uh, I, I liked this guy a lot from a size perspective. He is five ten and a fourth inches, 50th percent or 45th percentile, rather 209 pounds, 36th percentile. He's got fine arm length. Um, don't have a speed number on him. JT, did you find a speed number on him? Uh, he's, he's not a burner. That's for sure. At, at his size, you wouldn't expect him to be. Um, I, I can't find one immediately, but I think that he's a third round guy. He's got really good footwork. That's what stood out to me. Um, there are elements of his game that are impressive beyond that, but his footwork really stands out for a guy of that size. He's, he's able to pretty effortlessly navigate the, the scrum. He he's, he's able to, despite being a bigger fella, kind of squeeze in and out of tight spots and he's going to be a two down back in the NFL. 
Uh, I don't see him as a, a receiving threat all that much in terms of how effective he was receiving in college. He had two catches last year on four targets for 10 yards. Yeah. So this guy's not a dual threat. And that's what limits him from being higher up on our board, I think. But 4.6 yards after contact, he had, I, I don't actually know what this, what goes into this number, but it's interesting because you get a, you know, a baseline for all of these guys per PFF. They give out an elusiveness rating and he had 150.8, which is elite, elite in the 90th percentile area. He's a better zone runner than he is a gap runner, but he's got great marks for both. Um, and he didn't play a ton of great competition in college, although he did play the M MTSU Blue Raiders. So not to not to knock uh, the local local team here. They they did play against some decent guys like LSU. Uh, they played them late in the year when LSU was actually pretty good, and he had a one of his better games of the year. So I like a lot about Dwayne McBride. He's just a limited kind of old school back to me, and that's what's going to keep him from being um, being a, a more valued running back in this draft. What did you think about McBride? I think honestly, if he's a guy that's somehow still around in the fifth round, I and the Titans were to pick him up, I think that was that is some uh the route that they might be able to go. I yeah. mean, this guy, this guy is definitely someone who can be your bell cow, and he's not gonna be the, he fits the their most, style. He he doesn't electrify in the receiving Passing department, game. which right. it, for the Titans it doesn't really matter. Um, and what better for a guy who does a plus who knows exactly. Right. Um, the, the guy, he was one of the most dominant running backs, regardless of what conference he was in. He, he had yes. over 3,500 yards on 484 carries in the past three seasons, he broke 175 tackles on 484 of those attempts. Um, a little bit of the problem is that he does have a little bit of a fumbling problem nine times over the last three years. So that needs to be cleaned up. But if he was a guy who would play secondhand to Derrick Henry, like and learn from him, I think he could be pretty dominant in this league. Let's move on to our next guy. We, we agree a lot on this board, but uh, our consent or our um, ag agreed running back eight rather is Kendra Miller out of TCU. He is the consensus running back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So we're a little bit higher on him than consensus. I'll run down the numbers here real quick. Five eleven and a fourth inches, a little bit higher than average, taller than average. Ooh, it is 420, isn't it? Um, he, he comes in at 215, so he's a big fella. He's got really nice arm length, 90th percentile, 32 and three eighths. JT, I'll let you go first on this one. What stood out to you about Kendra Miller out of TCU? He was a guy that initially I I, I wasn't really gonna put him on my board what, before I like went into like a lot of the tape study and whatnot. And then I, I I just watched his tape, especially from this previous year, and I thought he was actually one of the better backs this year receiving wise. He didn't do a lot of the work, but I think he has the potential to become one of the premier receiving backs in the in the in the league he only had he only had 16 receptions for 116 yards but man was he used a lot last year for um tcu he had 17 touchdowns last year which <laughs> is is more is more than he had the last two years um combined so, right yeah exactly right um it's almost he, twice as much as he had the last two years combined. <laughs> i know he, the I, TCU I really, had a pretty good year this past year i think i don't know i didn't watch yeah, a lot of college football it sounds neither. like they did all right um, I, I really liked his yards after contact too, for the year he had, uh, 3.64. So like he's, he's a guy that's going to be able to get off the line and it's going to be hard to bring him down. 
Yeah, I agree. The thing about him, I went into it kind of met on him as well. Didn't have an opinion. I was impressed by what I saw, and I feel like he actually could be that bell cow style back at the NFL level because of what you mentioned. There's some flash. There's some promise there in terms of being a receiving threat, and he's a big enough guy with enough blocking ability to, I think, be that three phases of the running back game, true bell cow back for a team should they choose to use him that way. Really flexible. That's the thing that stood out to me on tape. World-class world flexibility with this guy. He makes it look so easy when he bounces left and right and and the lean like he's going around slaloms on a, on a ski course. This guy is is seemingly glued to the ground when he leans, kind of like a Michael Jackson situation. He can he can lean out of his shoes, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he's just so flexible and has a nice center of gravity, and he's a really great athlete. But I do think that he has the ability, the the play strength, the the versatility to handle the workload of a true bell cow in the NFL, as he did at TCU. They used him in that way. I, I want to look how many. Um, it, it does. They, oh, they don't have here the total number of offensive snaps. It had to be a ton because this guy was on the field a ton for TCU. Um, he, he's got great bursts. Yep. If he, if if there's there, anything, there, to there's definitely something to be said that um he was playing behind Zach Evans the past um right couple seasons and only had 83 attempts and 54 attempts in 2021 and 2020 respectively. That when 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 Zach Evans left, that jump up to 224 attempts for and basically <laughs> doubled his yards. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I I think that he, he exactly does have that capability to be a bell cow back in the NFL. Um, if there were some knocks, it's just that he's a little bit high cut, right? Five eleven for a a power back. He's gonna have to get low, keep the pad level low, keep the center of gravity low. He doesn't have that speed element where he's going to just burn you down the field, kind of runs out of gas in the open field. You're going to catch him more likely than not. And um, he's more, this is a note that I stole from PFF, um, but I think it's it's an apt one. And I, I agree with it based on the tape that I saw. He's more of a contact avoider than a creator. Like he he's, he's more in, and that's, you know, that lends to itself to keeping him fresher, avoiding injury. Like there's some good to that. But in terms of being able to get past a guy instead of just lie down or go down or run out of bounds, like there, there, there's another gear there in terms of what you'd like to see from running back that I'm not sure that he has. And that's why he's my running back eight. JT, let's talk about, you want to talk about Tank Bigsby, who is my running back seven. He is your running back six out of Auburn. Uh, what were your thoughts on Bigsby? Yeah, Bigsby, I think, is just that next level of guy who's going to be your he's going to be one of the top tier guys who is really good in versatility, both in running the ball and also catching. He had 30 receptions last year and 42 targets for 180 uh, receiving yards. He had 10 touchdowns, both receiving and rushing combined. He's a guy that just was able to produce last year, 4.16 yards after contact after contact his rushing grade was really good last year as well for a 90.4 for playing for a very kind of abysmal Auburn team last mm -hmm. year he was a bright spot in their production um he's a guy I think that he's kind of been versatile in this not versatile but volatile in this um draft kind of season mm -hmm. um but I think he doesn't fall out of the third round no I don't I think he's a day two guy for sure Bigsby's coming out of Auburn just to talk about some of the measurables. He is 5'11 and 5'8, so nearly six foot, 210, very similar 
uh, frame to a Kendra Miller. He's more athletic than Miller is, in my opinion. 32-inch arms, so he's got the the reach to be able to compete in, in terms of being a receiving back. Ran a four, five, six, so he's a power back. He's a bell cow guy. He's not going to be your burner, but a one, five, four, 10-yard split is 70th percentile. That's perfectly fine. He's a relatively explosive athlete. His broad jump is 54th percentile. Um, his vertical jump is 26th percentile. So I guess it, he's a middle of the road in terms of agility and explosion. The thing to me that stood out on tape is in the open field. Whereas with a Kendra Miller, he's going to run out of gas a little bit. He's going to be a contact avoider. He's going to be not the most creative guy. I'm not sure Bigsby's the most creative guy either. When it comes to getting beyond the line of scrimmage, getting past a guy um, in, in the short field, but in terms of the open field, this guy's cutting ability is deadly. He is a killer in the open field and it, it's, it's movement that is at an NFL level for sure. When you watch it on tape, so he's going to be a bell cow guy for sure. That's how they utilized him at Auburn. Um, three straight years of over 80 PFF grades, which are, are very good, obviously. 4.16 yards after contact is in the elite category. His elusiveness rating, again, if that means anything to you, is a 139.9. Again, very elite. Much better zone runner than he is a gap runner. So it's going to be a little bit niche in that way, has a, an element of his game to work on and probably goes to, to teams that do more zone running schemes than not. But I like him a lot. I think that he can be a, a guy at the NFL level that can be your bell cow. I don't know if he has the pure upside that some of these other guys have, and that's why I have him lower than some of the others. But I do think that he's somebody that um, if given the opportunity and can and can show a little bit more consistency than he did in college, he can be a guy that works well for a team. Let's talk. Uh, who's the next guy we want to talk about? Is, is that are we into our top five here? I think yeah, we this are. will be our top five. All right. So let's talk our top five. And we've got the same five guys in a very, very slightly different order. I'm glad we didn't go chalk or exactly the same here. So the top five guys we're talking about are Bijan Robinson, obviously, Jameer Gibbs, obviously. And then the the three that are less household names, but in Titan circles, this guy you should know of, Ty J Spears. Devon A. Chain and Zach Charbonnet. Those are the five guys. Let's go one at a time. Um, let's start with Charbonnet since we agree he is our fifth guy out of UCLA. He is both of our running back fives on the consensus board. He is the running back three 55th overall prospect on the consensus board. I'm not sure if I think he's a second round pick, but I'm not sure if he's that high. I mean, he, he could slip into the third round. It wouldn't shock me. Um, what were your thoughts on Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA when you looked at his numbers and broke down the tape, JT? If if you're looking for a, a guy who is basically, you can just play him on his rookie contract. Like if, if you're one of these teams that just like, let's get a new running back. Like that's going to produce at a level, not like in the top five, but he's going to be like a run of the mill running back. Like I'm trying to think like. It's like a mail order running back. This is a standard issue. Yes, uh, bell cow like, back. He probably has the highest floor of anyone in this class, not named Bijan Robinson. To me personally, I, I I could I could get behind that. Yeah, um, he he's yeah, a yeah. guy he's a guy that I just think the traits are there, um, and the ability to succeed in the NFL is like there, and that's why I put him at five because he's like just the middle of the road. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be a good to great NFL starter, but he lacks some of the like kind of the things that these upper echelon guys have yeah from a measurement standpoint six foot 215 bigger fella 32 inch arms uh that's 82nd percentile 
certainly the most athletic guy we've talked about so far. And that's why there's kind of this divide between the top five and the next five, because the athleticism really takes a jump. Um, 75th percentile broad jump, 80th percentile vert, 60th percentile 40 yard dash with a four, five, three and a one, five, four, 10 yard split, which is 70th percentile. So this guy's athletic. He's got what you want on paper in terms of a bell cow back. I agree with you. The reason why he's my fifth out of these top five is because yes, he's got a really high floor. Yes. I see him as a, a guy with up, uh, you know, upside bell cow upside, right? I think that he can be your starter that you just kind of set and forget in that way, but he's a little bit forgettable. The, 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 the true ceiling is lower than some of these other guys. And that's ultimately why I have him lower. He's a really creative back. He's the most creative guy we've talked about so far. He routinely does whatever it, it takes to avoid being taken to the ground, stiff arms, dead legs, um, spin moves like this. This guy's got a bag in terms of ways to be ways to elude a tackle, elude contact. Uh, his route running is kind of concerning in terms of the tape. That was the only thing that stood out to me as a real red flag. He's just not got he, his hands are solid. I mean, his hands are fine, but his his route running prowess, his footwork is a little bit sloppy. Not the not the greatest. He's going to have to develop that um, this past season. He had a ninety one point five PFF grade thir- almost fourteen hundred yards on the season on one hundred and ninety four attempts for seven yards per attempt really blew up this past year. Fourteen touchdowns. Um, had 37 receptions for 320 yards. So they used him a good bit in the passing game. I don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL as much as his running style is just because again, he's going to have to develop as a much better route runner to, to even route up some of these, you know, linebackers in the NFL that are going to be covering him, let alone uh, nickel safeties and, and slot corners. 4.15 yards after contact. He's, it's an elite, it's elite category or in elite air, rather a slightly better gap runner than he is a zone runner, but both are in the elite categories. According to PFF. Uh, I, I liked this guy a lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a, a whole lot of thoughts on him besides. I, I think that he's going to go second or third round. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he kind of slid down because I think these next four guys we talk about are really the, the cream of the crop. So, JT, do you want to talk about Ty J Spears next or Devon A. Chain out of Texas A&M? Let's do Devon A. Chain because I think you bring up um, something interesting about him. Um, I, as I look at your board, Devon A. Chain, I think I put as like my replacement for like a Roshan Johnson where you had him mm. in there. I had yeah. Devon A. Chain um, mostly because... He's your running back uh, three, by the way. He's my running back four. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I have Devon A. Chain because I think I just I really like a running back who shows versatility, whether in both the um, in the receiving game and in the running game. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 36 receptions on 44 targets last year for 196 um, yards, and he broke 53 tackles on 196 attempts last season. So this guy can do both, um, but he's just got absolute insane speed. He ran a four a low. Yep. F- Four three four three two, which is ninety eighth percentile. One five one, ten yard split, which is eighty sixth percentile. He he, de- he doesn't have a lot of size, so like my one thing about him is that like he could be in that Jameer Gibbs like range right there if he just had a little bit more size to him. Right, if he was more well rounded in terms of his what his size allows him to do, I agree with you. Five eight thirteenth percentile, one hundred eighty eight pounds, third percentile. But in 29 inch arms, not great if you're going to be a receiving back, but he did receive the ball a decent amount in college. I'm not as high on him as a receiver in the NFL. I have him as my fourth guy simply because 
of that what he's he's the first guy we've talked about so far that has a truly elite skill this guy is a burner till the cows come home like you mentioned that four three two speed is ridiculous he is the fastest running back in this class um and and teams are going to value that speed kills in the nfl especially in today's nfl who's got that home run speed it, it's a, a terrifying uh, amount of speed for a defender especially somebody like a linebacker or uh, somebody in the box. Like if you get to the second level with this guy untouched, it's a big, big problem. So you're going to want him in the the game with a light box because he's not going to be running up the middle much. And if he does get, you know, if, if a, a bigger defender gets his hands on him, it's not going to be a difficult tackle to break or a tackle to, to bring down rather. Um, he did break a decent amount of tackles this past season, but anecdotally on tape, I feel like the vast majority of those came against smaller guys, cornerbacks and safeties. He broke 53 tackles on 196 attempts and had an 89.9 or 89.8 rushing grade this past fall. He's a third round guy for me. If he puts on a little bit more muscle at the NFL level, I could totally see him becoming a more viable every down back. But right now that muscle tone, that, that frame is just not going to be able to compete um, in, in the way that you need somebody to be able to compete as a, as a three down back. That's just not his game right now, but that that light box capability with his speed is is gross. It is concerning for any team. And if you're looking for a guy to bring in, if you want somebody with true home run, a plus top shelf speed to add to your running back room, a changer guy in this class. All right, let's talk about a guy that we've been talking about for the longest, I think, out of all these running backs, JT. It's Tajay Spears out of Tulane, who is the consensus running back five, 85th overall prospect on the consensus board i think this guy is is somebody that is going to be a stud in the nfl i've thought that for a while ever since we talked with zach and stoney live from the the senior bowl i think this guy has true running back one potential on a team and true bell cow potential on a team what did you see when you watched some of his tapes i know you've watched some of him I mean, he's not going to beat you with his speed, but like the speed is obviously something that he doesn't have. Um, and as I've been talking, all these guys who have tremendous speed, why would I have him up here so so high? It's because he has everything else. He everything is a guy else. that once, if he if he gets going, he's going to make a defender or two miss. Like he has the ability um, to really just like make defenders miss. Um, he's got a really good, nice twitch to him when he, when he's in the open field. Um, he's just someone that I am kind of on the train now of the Titans should definitely look into him in the third round, even though they have 10,000 issues to deal with more than getting a guy like Ty J Spears. Right, right. However, like I, I think he would fit into the system really, really well. No, I agree. Um, he, he had a 90.2 running grade this past season. 231 attempts for 1500 yards very Derek Henry-esque in terms of workload there 6.9 yards per attempt very good number uh 22 receptions this past season for 251 yards so when he got the ball in his hands as a receiver very effective in that way 19 touchdowns absolute touchdown goblin uh 4.55 yards after contact per attempt, a 145.8 elusiveness rating. I'm with you. Besides the speed element, and to run down some of the numbers here, 5.9 uh, and 5.8, so so almost 5.10, 201 pounds, 30 and 3 fourths inch arms, 
Um, I, 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 he's got the explosiveness that you want in an athlete. Like his vert and his broad tell no lies. Vertical jump, 91st percentile broad jump, 87th percentile dude is a, is a, uh, shock absorber on your car, just ready to be unbolted and, and spring to the moon and, and blow up on your team. I think this guy could be an NFL bell cow. Absolutely. Um, and now he may take a year or two to get to that level. There's probably some project in him since he's coming from Tulane. He's playing against lesser competition uh, at the college level, but there's a lot to love about this guy. And I know that this off season, he's been killing it both in interviews and on the field at the senior bowl at the, at the combine at his pro day. It's been nothing but, but good things about Ty J Spears. Our top three guys here, we've, we've gotten to the, uh, well, not consensus top three. Cause I had Ty J Spear or no, we're, are we down to our last two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. last two guys. Sorry, consensus top two. So Tajay was my running back three. He was your running back four. This is one of the more boring top tens to have to do, frankly, because the top two are so clear cut, but they are studs. We love Jameer Gibbs and we love Bijan Robinson. Which one would we talk about first, JT? I guess we talk about Jameer Gibbs and we could end with one of the best players in this entire class. So Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Um, I'll run down some of the numbers and then you can give me your thoughts on him. Um Jameer, where are you, Jameer? I have him right here if you want me. To you you have his hold up? Can... Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah run down so, the numbers and I'll pull uh, my he, notes. He's he's on the smaller side, so five foot nine and an eighth, 199 mm-hmm. pounds. So he's he's on the he's on the lighter side, but he that's fine because he's not supposed to be a bell cow. He's not gonna be a guy who's gonna come into the league and be a bell cow. Well, JT, I've been describing this guy as as the Corvette of this class. Like he's yes. not your he's not your daily driver, right? He's good. Yep. You bring him out on a nice day on a Sunday for a stroll and you and you flex on guys and that's what this guy is going to do uh-huh he had a 436 40 which is in the 97th percentile the the thing i just love about him and i've been saying it since before the uh combine here um like he was my sleeper in the combine and ever since then i still feel pretty pretty good about someone in the back half of the first round probably going up either trading back into the first round or trading back to get another pick here and the it's going to be the early or late first early second like someone is going to fall in love with jameer gibbs and he's going to be gone by then he is someone that if you just watch the tape it's it's insane how he can just like change like his gears like like he is a corvette like he can yeah. go zero to 60 in like a mere second like in mm-hmm. a blink of an eye it's crazy no, my I mean, my pro comp is is unironically a Corvette for Jameer Gibbs because he is able to accelerate, decelerate, shift, um, shift his body weight, shift his shift his feet, um, get around like this dude can can giddy up or slow down as, as quickly as he wants. He's a powder keg about to explode like he is just asking. He's a, he's a home run begging to happen. This, this guy is going to be your featured back, um, not a three down back, not a bell cow necessarily, but a, a third down guy, a featured receiving back. This dude's got great, great hands. Let me pull up some of Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yeah, so 44 receptions for 444 yards last year. Uh, that's a nice 11 yards per attempt. I can do that math real quick. And, or just, <laughs> no, just kidding. 10 yards, uh, not a math. No, t- 10.4. I don't know. Uh, now the math is falling apart. Um <laughs> 6.1 yards per attempt, nearly a thousand yards rushing on 151 attempts, seven touchdowns, not as effective in the red zone as maybe you'd want him to be, but Alabama did plenty of scoring. Um, they had plenty of, of mouths to feed in the red zone. So I don't knock him for that as much for where he's coming from. 
I, I do love his consistency. He, he's, he's a guy that has been great the past three years in college and has gotten high marks every single season. He's got good, not great yards after contact, 3.39, but again, that's not his thing. He's going to be a featured receiving back. He's going to be your guy that you're trying to get into the open field. If he can get a hair bigger, gain 10, 15 pounds of muscle, that's a scary thought, right? Like if this guy can get a little bit bulkier and stronger, that's the only element of his game that's missing is that size and that ability to be a, a blocker in the pocket be a guy that can run between the tackles a little bit more, but he's absolutely a second round pick in my eyes. I'll be shocked if he's not gone by then. And I, I think that the suddenness, the, the, the Corvette element of this guy is going to entice a team and he's going to, he's going to pay off in the NFL. I don't see this guy not working out in terms of the thing he's good at. And the thing that he's good at is being a, a home run in a can. Speaking of home run in a can, the man, the myth, the legend, Bijan Robinson, a generational prospect, at the running back position coming out of Texas. We're not going to beat a dead horse here because you've heard all about Bijan. You know how amazing he is, but we'll point out some of the things in particular that make him so fantastic. JT, do you have his numbers pulled up real quick? Or do Yeah, so these? he's 5'11", 215 pounds. Prototypical. Um, very, like very just like his, his mock draftable web is probably the most well-rounded out of like any... Built in a lab, um, not, not yeah, real. Like yeah. any, any player I've ever seen. Um, everything is between like size, like he maybe is a little undersized at five eleven. He's got, but he's got the weight, so right. like it, it doesn't and really running, matter. And running back undersized is not a knock, right? If you've yeah. got the size, if you've got the speed, and you've got the weight to compensate, being undersized is sometimes a positive because you're just getting the leverage. Uh huh. Four four six forty. So he's not going to be the burner, but you don't need him to be the burner because he's he still got decent than that speed. Too. On yeah. tape, he is faster than that. Uh huh. Like he he's just the perfect running back. Like his he, he mock is. draftable is insane. He he's the perfect modern modern running back, right? Like I, I I'm trying to think of a comp. He's kind of an Edger and James kind of thing to me, and and that's a comp that I've heard thrown around to him, uh, for him, which is funny because Edger and James, like he's just recently inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's an uh, older back, but at the time, he was a very futuristic, forward-thinking, modern NFL back, and I think that still holds up today. This guy is a true three-down bell cow, can run between the tackles and be terrifying, can run outside the tackles and be terrifying, can block and be really, really effective as a blocker, and then his hands are fantastic. Okay, He only had 19 receptions this past year for 314 yards, but it's because they ran him over 250 times for 1500 yards and 6.1 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns on the year, his hands. I, I know that Steve Sarkeesian and at Texas, the head coach says that he's ticked some, some of his receivers off because he has said on the record number of times, the player with the best hands on this team in the receiving game is Bijan Robinson. He's better than our receivers. He's better than our tight ends. He's better than the, the other backs. This guy's got the best hands. So there's a little bit of a Christian McCaffrey element. If you're looking for the most recent, um, the most recent comp, he's maybe not as shifty as Christian McCaffrey, but his, his brute strength, I think is a little bit better than McCaffrey's. He's got, if, if you had to find one thing, one thing to knock him for, it's his fumbles, right? He had, um, uh, six fumbles on 539 carries or 539 most recent carries, six fumbles that can get cleaned up a little bit, but that's kind of nitpicking. Like that's not a ton of fumbles on a really, really massive sample size, but he's more than just a, a bell cow. He's a featured bell cow. Like you're going to want to make him a focal point of your offense, whichever team gets him in the high first round. And yes, he's going in the high first round. I'm going to continue to mock him there because that's where he's going. Um, 
he's a guy that is going to be a, a featured back on your team, going to be a, a, a guy that is, depending on where he goes, I mean, if he goes high enough and goes to a bad enough team, he may be the entire offense for a year or two, and he's got the capability to do that. So Bijan Robinson, with, without a shadow of a doubt, a top, for my money, top five talent in this draft. I'll be shocked if he's not gone in the top 15 picks. I think that's where the NFL sees him going, even though a lot of positional value questions come into play there. Bijan Robinson is the man. JT, you're the man for uh, for doing this show today. We we knocked out the running backs. That leaves us just two position groups and two very, very interesting ones. We've got the last defensive and last offensive groups to cover in this series. The top 10 quarterbacks, obviously, is coming up later this week. It will be out this week. I don't know if it will be on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but one of these days, one of those days, rather, it will be out with our special guest, Sean McAvoy, friend of the show, had him on a handful of times. QB coach to the stars, right? QB coach for Malik Willis, former QB coach for, I believe, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, who's in the news lately, Jordan Love, uh, Deshaun Watson. This dude is is currently coaching a lot of guys. I believe he's coaching Hendon Hooker and CJ Stroud. He is the man, and we love having him on to talk quarterbacks. So we'll go through our top 10 quarterbacks, talk to him about the guys in this class that he has worked with up close and personal. Then we'll go through our top 10 cornerbacks. We've got the quarter and cornerbacks to cover. The best group for my money in this class. I, I know you and I were talking the other day about if we were to, you know, guess who are or not guess rather, but but point out on our big boards who are the bona fide blue chippers absolutely should go in the first round. The the biggest list by far, I think double than any other list besides quarterback, and that's a positional value thing. It's the cornerbacks. There are so many studs in this class. It's the only group I think that when I sit down to put together that list, I'm going to truly have a hard time picking just 10. Uh, to put in the top 10 because there are so many deserving. There's a lot of guys like the Emmanuel Forbes of the world who in any other draft class would be a bona fide top 15 pick who may even slip into the second round. So there's so much value to be had. Excited for those episodes. And then once we get through the top 10 episode series, JT, we finished all of those. We get to do some awesome thought experiments that I can't wait for. We're going to go through our favorite Titans draft scenarios in the first round as well as the rest of the the draft we're going to go through some players that we think are great value in the late later parts of the draft we'll talk about some guys that we think are considered bona fide first rounders that are going to slip potentially some guys that you'll be shocked that go as early as they do some guys that may end up going way earlier than you think um, we're going to talk about some guys that we think are just straight up better than than other players at that same position that are mocked up ahead of them. Um, we're going to talk about some guys that we think if you can't quite, you know, if you if you love if you love Jackson Smith and Jigba, you, but you can't quite swing them in the first round. Who's the public's brand version of him? Who's the discount version you can get later in the draft? All of these things uh, do and don't draft players in each round for the Titans. Like so many different things we're going to cover in the next eight days, right? Less than eight days before the NFL draft kicks off on Thursday night of the 27th. So next Thursday, which by the way, you got to be there for, we'll be doing a live stream, JT and I and special guests um, throughout the first, at least first two nights, potentially the third. Cannot wait for that until then. And until tomorrow's episode, which I honestly don't know what it's going to be, but you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's probably going to be quarterbacks, but if not, it might be top 10 Titans draft scenarios. We will see until then. I've been your host, Easton freeze for producer JT. Uh, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Hope you come back and join us tomorrow.